just snarls right now. Um, I played in a band called Cherry Chrome for a long time. Uh, we all kind of went our separate ways across the country. So pretty much just doing snarls and every once in a while I feel motivated to write solo songs. So yeah. <laughs> I never feel motivated to write solo songs. It is very rare for me at this point. Um, now that I'm more involved with snarls, but every once in a while, if I'm feeling sad enough, uh, those will come. <laughs> is, is sadness your, um, like the impetus for you writing? Like you feel a little sad and you're like, I know what'll cheer me up. It's <laughs> a good question. Cause, uh, it doesn't always cheer me up. It kind of makes me more frustrated sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes I'm just like too overwhelmed with emotion to do anything but write a song. Um, but yeah, the, the, those days are few and far between now that I'm like so focused on the other band. But in college, I was I was writing a lot of sad solo stuff. <laughs> what did you study in college? Because you recorded the first Snarls EP right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I studied audio engineering at Capital University. The, the, the program is music technology. Um, and I also studied film and media production. So yeah, I had uh, access to all the wonderful studios and, and was able to get that first Snarls EP done there. Did you want to go into like film scoring? That sounds like a film scorer's idea that was like what I was really into at the time. Um, I loved doing less score and actually more just like sound design. I got really into doing Foley and stuff like that. Um, and then also got really into just like making short films, like writing and directing short films. Um, but yeah, snarls just started and, and took over every, aspect of my life so <laughs> I don't really do a lot of that stuff anymore I still record music all the time it's kind of, it's nice to have that skill set um but I I don't do it professionally very much anymore I like when bands record themselves because like even if it isn't perfect it's just yeah. like it's a hundred percent them and like their character you know what I mean yeah yeah you don't ever feel like I don't know. It can be a little intimidating to like be in the studio with a producer or something and you might not speak your mind as clearly as if you were just with your bandmates. So there's definitely something special about like it just being your group and just doing it totally your way. What was it? What was it like uh, working with the guy at Relay? I can't remember his name right now. Is it John? Yeah. Yeah. John. John okay. Finnell. Um, working with John yeah. was, was awesome. I, so I actually got connected with him through my internship that I did at Capitol. Um, so I was an intern for John for, for a few months and just developed a great relationship with him. Um, you know, he had some free time and asked us to come just, you know, track a song for fun or something. Um, at that time we were kind of starting to write our first album we had like most of it done but we weren't really you know super ready to record but we we loved that day with him so much that we ended up deciding to 
to work with him for the full album and um it was fantastic he he's yeah. super charismatic super funny but also like really professional very technical like if he's got a vision for something you know he knows exactly how to make it come to life which i really really appreciate um yeah and yeah he like did a lot of co-producing with us and um brought a lot of really good ideas to to the table for our record burst so yeah he was wonderful to work with did you have much to say about like the engineering aspect of that or were you kind of like letting him do that stuff i (laughs) i didn't um just because i really wanted to take the back seat like the original plan for our debut album was to just have me track it because I was still in school at the time and still had access, you know, to nice studios that were free. Um, so we were just going to do that, but, um, we loved John and, and his, his vision for everything so much that we, we wanted him to do it for us. And so I, I then took it as an opportunity to not have to like worry about all the, like, you know, the tracking and, and mixing and mastering and all that. I just, I knew he was awesome. And so I wanted him to just do his thing. Um, and I, I really love it. <laughs> it. takes a healthy person to like take a step back and let somebody do something that you feel you could do, right? It's not easy. I definitely don't want to <laughs> say that my mixes compare to John's. For sure, they don't. Yeah. But like, it's not easy when you're like I, me and Chloe are both like control freaks. Not the greatest word because we do know how to compromise with each other and with with the rest of the band. But we're just like we have very particular visions um, and ideas, and we like to see them through. So it is a little bit difficult to like you know, let go of the reins a little bit and and let somebody else's vision come through. But I think we all compromised really well. And um, I mean, we're still all super happy with with how the album came out. So spending time in a studio is like, I'm sure it can be hard for some bands who don't compromise and like are full blown control freaks. Like, I think I would have a really hard time letting the reins go. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been in positions in the past. I mean, even with just something as small as like a school project, you know, like going to through that program, we were in the studio a lot with like student bands and stuff. And like, I'm even on the other side of the glass, like as the engineer, like it's tough when someone's just like so set in their ways and, and it's just like, the vibe isn't right or you know it's just not possible to make that happen and yeah it can be pretty awkward when when people aren't willing to to compromise and, and just work together and yeah well you got like a free pass like he was like come down spend a day here see how it goes and if it doesn't go well yeah you don't have to come back <laughs> yeah yeah i think we we were very lucky like with him our of like already having my like friendship solidified with him and then our band is just we're just all really close together um it it just being in the studio was great for us actually we just 
we got a lot better at communicating and collaborating and it was just a, a happy environment from the start. So I think that definitely helped. Did you do it all live or did you do a lot of it like tracking, like track by track, guitar by guitar, drums alone, all that kind of stuff? Sorry. Like, did you do a lot sorry, of the recording? Sorry, the first part cut off. Oh, sorry. Did you do a lot of the recording live? Like all of you as a band, one room, mm. all go? Or did you do a lot of like, we'll get the drums right, then we'll get the bass, then we'll get the guitar, then we'll get whatever? Yeah, so kind of a hybrid. Uh, we did lay down all the like initial basic tracks. We uh, performed all together in the same room. Um, and we made sure on those performances that we really nailed drums and bass. Um, then after we finished all of that for all 10 songs. We made, you know, probably a couple little tweaks with bass. We overdubbed the guitars and then overdubbed all the vocals. Um, don't think we, we may have kept some of the guitars of, of the original takes, but our main focus was, was nailing drums and bass so that those were like super locked in together um, yeah, and, and felt nice. live and, and natural and then kind of polished up everything else. Yeah, it was it was good yes. process for us, and I think we'll definitely continue to work that way. Yeah, here's my question. Big point of contention with Jack. <laughs> did you guys track to a click, or did you just do it straight up? <laughs> okay. This is a point of contention in our, our band, too, because well okay now we're all on the same page that we like to do a click at all okay. like guys we got to play to a click and uh chloe was like no so um I think <laughs> in the end, i'm pretty sure Clo chloe probably just took the click out of her headphones and just let max uh take the lead on that <laughs> but in the end we eventually yeah. did when, when we realized that we were gonna need to make edits and stuff it just it makes it a lot easier to play to a click and have that grid um so yeah we, we went with that in the end <laughs> i am not exclusively so anti-grid click well sorry say again i actually yeah i'm not i'm not super opinionated all of the all of the hydron stuff that we did um, was not to a click. And then the stuff that we've done with Alpha Buddha is also not to a click. Mm -hmm. um, it's not actually a point of contention. Jack is just very passionate about not using a click. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, that's fine. So um, I think there are definitely perks either way. Well, we have yeah, songs absolutely. that like the tempo will change per part and the tempo will change three times. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't want to sit there and be like, is that yeah. 120? Is that 115? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I'm no, also so I, neurotic. I, I know yeah. what speed I songs, like. Yeah, I, I get that. And like some songs, like um, our song Lonely off, off of our first EP, we didn't play that one to a click and it like speeds up throughout the song. I kind of <laughs> like that energy. Of like just getting yeah. like more and more excited as the song goes on. It's upbeat. It's fun, you know. So it definitely there. There are songs where like it works to to not be so robotic. 
Do you know that James Brown song, Funky Drummer? Either of you? I don't. <laughs> um, if you heard the, the drum break... I believe from, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, if you heard the drum break from Funky Drummer, you'd be like, oh, I recognize that because it it's been sampled a lot. But if you listen okay. to that song from start to finish, <laughs> it gets so much faster at the end. Like, it starts off at like maybe like 100 beats per minute and it <laughs> ends at like 125. And... Oh my God, that's, I guess, that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, I guess nobody at the time was like, this got faster. I guess everybody was like, it's good. It's good enough. <laughs> maybe that's what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm i also like not trying stories... to like... Oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say the stories I've heard about James Brown, I don't think there's anything that he would have let happen that was not on purpose. That dude was a fucking psychopath. I have also heard that, yeah. <laughs> he was... And just kind of like a bad person. I think he like beat his girlfriend up pretty badly. He was just a control oh, no. freak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. He... Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, too... I've, I've heard a lot of stories about James Brown being psycho, but he used to fine yeah. his band members when they would make mistakes. He would do this little, like, open hand flick at them. And every time he would do that in your direction, it was $25. And then two flicks, $50. Three flicks, $75. Four flicks, 100 And he would do that right on stage in front of everybody. Just like little flicks in your direction. He'd be like, God damn it, my paycheck's getting smaller. Kind of, <laughs> kind of efficient. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, every band has that like moment where somebody makes a mistake and then you can't help but look at them. And if you could just find them on the spot, I think every yep. band member would do that to whoever fucked up. <laughs> I'd be broke, though. I'd be, Mari, you'd find me every... Yep, every... same. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. This is like a big a big thing with music people. I feel like uh, every literally any musician would say that. Like, oh, yeah, me too. I fuck up all the time. But, like, nobody fucking notices when i see snarls i'm like mick is literally always on point you fucking Aww. rip the shit out of everything you do so Thanks. it's funny that it's like oh look up. but like i also think that about jack i'm like jack fucking shreds oh i thought you were gonna be like jack is fucking right. up <laughs> no thankfully we just don't, don't manage to fuck up at the same time so it, it yeah. goes unnoticed, maybe. <laughs> we make That's such a, a big strategy. deal of everything, and we always feel like we're doing a bit that we have fucked up so bad, and people were like, oh, I thought that was like part of the, the thing. Just part of it. <laughs> like, I remember our power, our power went down in one of the shows we played, and everyone was like, oh, I thought you just, I thought it was a joke. I was like, <laughs> yeah, just part of the show. <laughs> Um, you guys were supposed to go on a tour starting in like March oh, and then so sad. Yeah. some news happened. We don't know what it is, but then that tour didn't ultimately a little, happen. A little something. A little something. A little roadblock. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess now we can talk about it now that the tours aren't happening, but yeah, we were, we were going to go out with like one of our favorite bands in March. Um, it got canceled two days before. So that was, that was super exciting. That was going to be like our first taste of like, you know, 
touring with the support of our label and like our managers and our agents and just like not having to DIY the shit out of it. So like we were super excited and that, yeah, that didn't happen. I, we had another five weeks booked with another band, um, over the summer. And then this fall, like right about now we were going to be overseas. Holy shit. So it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It really sucks, but um, you know, yeah. I guess I can just say that I'm happy that I we signed these contracts with these agents before all this shit happened. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah. we're still working with them when the time comes. But yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's just delaying the inevitable, we, we right? Ready. These things are going to happen for you guys. Nobody's too worried about uh, you guys, right? We we're trying to just stay positive. We're doing everything that we can right now to stay busy and productive and you know that way as soon as we're able we will you know come back full force hopefully so we're trying to you know make sure we're we're well rehearsed and and writing new music and stuff and but then we also have to try to do that safely so it's just yeah it's it's been a mess but we're we're trying to make it through okay <laughs> Uh, somebody who studies music technology and plays guitar strikes me as like a a gear a gearhead. Are you a total gearhead? <laughs> um, I'm not going to say that I'm a total gearhead. I will admit, like when I first started playing in bands, like playing electric guitar and bass. And I did not really care and about my gear at all. I mean, I cared. Um, I wasn't super into it, but now that I've been hanging out with Adam Fisher, uh, I care a lot yeah. more about it because <laughs> he inspires me to care about it. So, um, yeah, I, I've built my pedal board and, you know, got a better amp and, and got a better guitar. And now I, I do really care about exactly how I sound. So it can be frustrating, but I like it at the same time. <laughs> uh, if there was one person Adam? whose DMs I slide into the most, it's beyond a shadow of a doubt, Adams. Because anytime he posts anything, I'm like, what is that? What is that? What are you doing? Explain. To, and he will be nice enough to explain like how he's doing everything. Sometimes it goes over my head, but I every time he posts a pick of gear, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I know. Is Adam? It's, it's is, awesome. He he's. What's up? Oh, I was just gonna say, is he like secretly Columbus, like tone king? Does he have the best tone in Columbus? I don't think it's a secret. He showed everybody how to get his tone, and I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like he's like, like so he, low key. He's just like I don't know. He is low-key, but he's also, like, a madman about it in, like, the most cool and inspiring way. Like, he's not, you know, like, douchey about it. And he just, I don't know, he's just really passionate of himself as inspiring. Um, And then he, you know, just good at it, too. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's maybe fun also Columbus's nicest together and, music person. Yeah. 
I'm I'm just douchey about having yeah. bad tone. He's a good egg. I'm like super <laughs> stoked on like sounding terrible. Yeah. <laughs> People are like that guy sounds awful. I don't think that about you. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm not doing my job. I gotta cut. I gotta. Well, okay. I gotta I, fuck I'm up. sorry to disappoint you then that I don't think that about you. <laughs> <laughs> My ego's so fragile. If people weren't like, his tone is the worst and he sucks, I, I would just be crushed. <laughs> um. So, what is Snarls doing to keep busy? Um. Right now, we are. What can I say? Um, right now we are just like writing new music. Um, we we've got a plan in place to start recording some new music. Um, can't go into like super detail about what we're doing, but we are looking forward to having some new songs out soon. And um, yeah, we're just practicing, just trying to make sure that like we're good to go when the world opens up again and um yeah yeah other than that just trying to be active on our social media just trying to talk to our fans a lot right now we're trying to hold on to them desperately uh thank god they have not abandoned us yet <laughs> How you guys they? you guys are pretty likable i don't think people would abandon you like the second you stopped playing shows it's just hard like i don't know it's hard to have confidence in that when like you're still a baby band and like your debut like huge release was like you know just didn't not that it failed in 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 any way i think but like just did not at all go the way that you planned you know it, it's hard to have confidence after that but um we're did, trying to just make as many friends as we can <laughs> did you guys sit on the album for a little bit before you released it? Yes. Or yes. For forever. Um, for forever? I Yeah, it was like a... Yes, we, we started recording that in November of 2018 and didn't release it till March 2020. Um, it was a very long process, but like, we just... We... we we really, really wanted to release it with a label, like even, you know, just something small, like take this to heart, just a small indie label, just someone to give us like a little, a little bit of a financial boost. Um, and I mean, I spent probably a full year just emailing hundreds of labels and not getting a response from a single one until, you know, one day of practice closed, like, look, I think we should just put it out like we've you know we haven't released music in over a year like we just need to do it i was like okay let me send one more email dude one more email i sent it to take this to heart and they got back to us in like 10 minutes and we were on our so way to sick. a deal so <laughs> i like i'm so thankful that that we didn't decide right there to just do it ourselves but yeah, that's why we held out for so long because we were just so determined. We had put in all all this work to get a hold of somebody, and we didn't want it to go to waste. Damn, that's a lot. Did, was was did anybody? You don't have to say any names, but did anybody like drag you on for a really long time? 
and you were like, oh, they're going to sign us. They're going <laughs> to sign us. And then they were just like, sorry. Yeah. My goldfish is sick. I can't sign any. Yeah, bands. actually. Um, our like our favorite independent label at the time. Um, Least favorite. They, now. We emailed them. They got back to us right away. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to hold a grudge. I still like a lot of their bands too, but, um, they, they emailed us back right away. They were like stoked to listen to us and stuff. And, you know, we had shared a few emails back and forth. They started getting more and more spread out, you know, until they stopped responding. And then probably six months later, I hit them up again and it was the exact same process all over again. Uh, that one, the no second way. time, when they ghosted us the second time, that sucked. I'm like, why'd you even respond again, man? But, um, yeah, and then yeah. there was one uh, one major label that hit us up, and, you know, we had a phone call with them, and we were like, we cannot believe that these people are talking to us right now. And, like, they talked to us for a bit, but then eventually ghosted us again, and that was a little depressing, <laughs> but it's okay. I'm not salty now because I'm I'm just very happy with where we're at at the moment. And I think going with someone smaller was actually a lot better for us. I'm just glad for the like pureness that is Snarls and the goodness that you guys are that you didn't sign with a major label. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And we had a conversation like, you know, when these people got a hold of us we were like okay guys like we can't let it go to our head it's got to be a good deal if they even offer us anything you know it never even got to that point but um yeah in the end i'm I'm super happy that we went with take this to heart because they they are small but they still have good connections and you know we're in like direct contact with the head of the label every single day you don't get that with with a major label or even other like bigger independent labels. So just having that super direct support has been really good for us. Important. I like that you said that, like, don't let this go to your head. Cause like, I'm sure people take that phone call and their egos are just rampant. Probably started from the beginning of that phone call through the rest <laughs> of their life. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to get really excited and like, you know, a little egotistical. It's like, Oh my God, you know, they know who we are now. Like, that's so cool. But I don't know. I think after that, we realized that they probably do this to a lot of bands. Um, you know, they, they showed that they were interested and, and then it just didn't happen. So I don't know. It was crazy that they even reached out, but, it is what it is. <laughs> they have to cast a wide net, you know, because they can't be the band that passed there. They can't be the label that passed up on the next big, yeah. the biggest fucking thing that's ever hit, walked this earth. And so they probably, I don't know. At least you guys weren't like, yo, who the fucking everyone. shit and you should sign us because nobody's <laughs> going to be bigger than us. Which is how I think a phone call with me and Mario would have gone. <laughs> Do you think that uh, maybe some big labels like that would want people they talk to to be like that? Like if they were like assholes, they'd be like, all right, these guys have what it takes. They need to be assholes. 
honestly, I have thought about that because, yeah, you know, when they asked us, you know, like, what have we got going on? What do we want to do down the road? Like, you know, I, I was trying to be realistic, but I also didn't want to be like, you know, we want to take over the world and be the biggest band in the world. Like I, I just told them like what we really want, you know, we want to travel yeah. all over the world and make music. And if that's at 300 cap clubs, like that's cool with us, you know, like we just want to make, we just want to yeah. meet people like across the world. That's it. And, and that <laughs> didn't get back to us. So maybe we, maybe we yeah. weren't egotistical enough for them. <laughs> Next time you guys talk to a major label. Can you guys just go full blown ape shit with the uh, egos? And, and then next time go like way too humble and then see like how each record label responds. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we just, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that would be very, I, I can see like being like too be humble would be a problem experiment. too. Right. If you're just like, we don't care yeah, who we play like, to. I, I, we just want to have a good time. We, yeah. we could be alone and do nothing in front of anybody. They'd be like, mm, probably not driven enough. I know. So that was, I think that was definitely our downfall. I mean, yeah, I didn't want to come across as, as not being driven, but yeah, I don't know. There's probably a happy medium somewhere that I did not hit. <laughs> I would love to have a phone call and act like a total sociopathic douche with a record label. That's just me though. Um, I mean, that's, that's honestly a kind of good life goal to have. (laughs) To fuck up an interview with a major label. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Mario and I were talking about like, Let's just shoot our shot for like a way too big guest to talk to us on Zoom. And then I was like, let's do, I want to do the Dalai Lama, Steph Curry, Barack Obama. And then uh, I, don't, I couldn't think of it was something like that. I was like, one of those has got to respond to us in some way, shape, or form. Like extraordinarily too big. I love that. I mean, you've got to set goals, you know. Yeah, we could get like. Can you imagine though if, if Obama was just like, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. I'm literally imagining you like talking to fucking Barack Obama. Like, what? (laughs) That would be a disaster. It would be unbelievable. Yes, it would be a disaster for sure. (laughs) I feel like him and Jack would talk about basketball. Oh, hundred percent. I don't know. I'm just here. <laughs> I could keep a conversation with Obama going about basketball. I could talk about basketball with anybody. Um, did you get any free gear out of uh, signing? That's the only thing I would care about is like getting guitar stuff. Were they like, here, here's a, a little bit of a cheddar to uh, no. go up your gear? No? No, we, we haven't. And we are trying so desperately to snag the damn Fender sponsorship. Oh I'm yeah. Like, I just dream. want it so bad. I, oh, the dream. So that's like our man, one of our manager like hit us up and was like, I'm trying to 
get you guys connected with like deals just like what's random brands that you like that like we can try to pitch you know pitch you to them and so we're we're trying to work on getting all the all the random connections but um probably still too small for that <laughs> that's a really really Hopefully good manager that's that's awesome <laughs> i love him shout out Corey haiti he's the shit <laughs> What other brands did you mention? I like a Fender is like so classic and massive. Yeah, um, I think we talked about like, oh shit, like uh, Vans and like Red Bull and like Coca Cola and just like shit like that. Just like literally, literally whoever we can possibly reach out to, like we just want to do that. I mean, just for the fun of it um and if anybody ever got back to us that would be amazing but it hasn't happened yet red bull and energy drink companies are no like notorious for sponsoring like frats and sororities and colleges yeah because they like they're all they have to do is like take a couple pictures with like 10 or more people holding these cups of or like these like red bull cans and it's like you're sponsored you get like cases of it yeah yeah yeah, um, at Capitol, like, we would throw these little, like, real dinky little shows there, and, like, Monster every single time was a sponsor, and they just bring, like, <laughs> hundreds of cans of Monster for <laughs> the, like, 20 people that are there. I'm like, this is incredible. We're living off this shit for months. A roommate of mine <laughs> um, worked at USC in, in L.A., and he thought he was like real slick. He worked selling tickets for the fucking uh, sports teams, which it's got to be a do nothing job if there ever was one. But he came home one day with a case <laughs> full of Monster. And he was like, dude, this was just sitting in the back for the athletes. And I was like, oh, tight, cool, Monster, whatever. I open it and I take a sip. I was like, dude, this is water. And he was like, no, that's for the athletes. I was like, these are cans full of water for the athletes. You understand the athletes don't drink actual monster to rehydrate. That would be very bad. And dude. Oh, that's incredible. Conor McGregor gets fucking lit up on monster before he goes in the octagon. Oh, what what sponsorships were you like reaching out for where you were like maybe i don't actually want to do that like would you have taken a red bull sponsorship i can't even remember oh i would we drink an obscene amount of red bull it's actually really embarrassing um so yeah i would take that sponsorship any day i think we try we wanted to try for pbr too which would be um embarrassing but also incredible pbr yeah do they sponsor musicians mario who do you want to know we that's what we were trying to just reach out to like the most whack shit like that have no connection to like musicians just be like we are will be the first band that you sponsor please (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. It's like, hey, we're Snarls, and let us tell you about the new Toyota. It looks literally like anything. <laughs> Mario, who would you want to sponsor you? 
Mario, who would you want to sponsor you? LaCroix would be sick. Uh, can you hear me right now? Yeah, you went away for a little bit. Because you're frozen. That's a good one. Oh, no, am I? I heard LaCroix briefly. Am I gone? Now you're there. Okay, definitely LaCroix. That would be you. sick. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Our internet is bad. Uh, so LaCroix, for sure, for the fifth time. LaCroix, LaCroix. LaCroix. Um, LaCroix. Vans would be cool to get, like, free shoes. I, like, have a lot of vans. Maybe, like, a guitar company that was smaller i don't think i i'll ever be big enough to do fender that would be sick as fuck but i don't think that'll happen maybe like dan electro that would be fucking wild dan electro <laughs> that would be insane i can't think I of like anything that'd be a good vibe there's so many things that i yeah. want for free but i would really like like an absurdly high-end clothing company to sponsor me like to just be decked out in Versace or Gucci, yes. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, Alpha Buddha sponsored yeah. by Gucci. Oh, Chloe and I. I... Yes. <laughs> yes, but Chloe and I have talked about that all the time with like clothing companies and stuff. Like, come on, it would just be the sickest deal. Like, we just wear your shit on stage all the time. Like, we would love that. That would be awesome we also uh one i just remembered i'm trying so hard to get uh ernie ball we all use ernie ball strings but i think that one might be possible i need to push hard are you you guys could (laughs) definitely get on ernie ball um what strings gauges do you use like what string sizes do you use i use the power slinkies um I don't remember exactly what the gauge is on those. Probably like 10 to 56, like pretty yeah. normal. I was going to say, I think 10, 10 is yeah, for sure. But yeah, power slinkies forever. I don't have much loyalty to any string company because I, <laughs> I have never really felt any string any different than any other string. And Mario and I were talking about this. I was using high-end Daddario NYXL strings. And he texted me. He was like, what do you use? I told him. And then mm-hmm. he was like, these are like twice as expensive. Are they really twice as good? And I was like, actually, I just stopped using this because I don't think they're twice as good. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely noticed a difference um, in like my acoustic strings. I'm very picky about my acoustic strings, but... Um, yeah, I think with electric, it's just like the power slinkies hold up nicely and they're relatively cheap. So, like, great. Sounds you, like a good deal to me. Do you break <laughs> strings ever? Like, are you heavy-handed? Um, it's not. It's not often that I do. I don't think I'm very heavy-handed, but I wish I was more heavy-handed because I I just wish I could shred like that, but I I'm not there yet. <laughs> I am the lightest handed. I never break strings and I play the lightest gauge strings. I play eights. Like I play like, and I'm just like always trying to like push people to try lighter strings. 
Because I'm like, no, 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 try it out. Like, come to the dark side of super light strings. <laughs> I I haven't always been into the power slinkies. I I definitely played lighter strings for a long time, and I broke them more often then, but not still not like a crazy amount. I, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Why are you picky about acoustic strings? What about acoustic guitar makes you picky? I feel like, um, I don't know. Like when you're playing electric, there's so much that goes into your tone, you know, like so much past the point of strings that you can have control over. Um, but I think with acoustic, like having a good set of strings on there, just like is really almost all you can do like to, I mean, other than, than, you know, your choice of guitar, but, um, after that point, I think it can change a lot about the tone. Um, but I really, I'm a big fan of coded elixirs for acoustic. They just sound so beautiful and, and bright and clear and they hold up for a really, really long time. Um, they're a little pricey, but worth it, I think. You do make a good point. When you're like strumming up an acoustic guitar, that's it. You're not going to like run it through some high gain shit. Like yeah. You, you got to get the thing that you like the most. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, what kind of gear are you using in electric? I, you told me you got a Mustang Jaguar. I already forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm playing an American Mustang right now. Um, I just got that a few months ago and it's like, that's, that's my first like high end guitar that I've ever had. Like every other guitar has been like $300 or less. Um, is that short scale? You know, I love it. It, Yes. Like it's a little Um, shorter. yeah, Yeah. And now I'm so, I'm so used to that. Like I, I can't, or I don't like playing anything. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's why I'm like diehard Fender Mustang because it's just so particular. Um, but then I I am playing through a box uh, VR15, not an AC15. Um, it's the combo version of, of that. So it's really interesting. Um, it sounds great. It, they did a really good job modeling the tube version. Um, and I got a whole slew of pedals. My favorite is the, the Rare Buzz Cranberry. I love that pedal very much. I use it. Pr- it's on pretty much all the time. Um, I just forgot what I was going to ask you, but I love Rare Buzz effects <laughs> and I love John from Rare Buzz. Uh, my pedal board is... Yes, me too. John is awesome. It's just a bluefish and a prototype of the falsetto piccolo piccolo falsetto that he released. Yeah. And I was like, he gave me the prototype to try out. And I literally plugged in. I was like, you weren't, he's never getting this back. He doesn't know it, but he's never getting that back. Yeah. He put up with my, uh, (laughs) he put up with my like superstition. I was like, no, that's the one. It can't be anyone other than that one. And I was like, listen, I'll buy it off you. And he was like, you can give me money, but it's going to go to Girls Rock Columbus. And I was like, just let me give you some money, man. And he was like, no, I'm donating it to charity. Right. 
Oh, I remember. I never heard he of an is RC fifteen. Literally the greatest person. Oh yeah, he's the best. Of uh, the um, sorry, it cut off. But the the VR fifteen. Yeah, I've box, never heard of that VR fifteen. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hadn't either. My dad randomly found it. Like he knew I was looking for a new amp. He's like, "Oh, this dude on Craigslist is selling one of these," and I was like, "Okay, I'll try it out." Um, I had been interested in the AC15 already. Uh, I just I love Vox very much, um, and yeah, I, I was a little bit skeptical with it not being the tube version, but uh, I think it sounds great. I really love it, and uh, it does better with you know, travel and stuff than a tube amp is going to. So good deal. Do you, is a, that's like the bright top end high, um, high frequencies kind of thing that you like about that amp. Right. Yeah. I think that like the, the highs on it are really nice, but you're still able to get like good, good body. Um, I love Fender stuff. But a lot of like Fender amps that I play through, I don't know, maybe it's my fault, but I feel like a lot of them are really bright. Um, and that works for a lot of people, but I, I like a more warm tone, um, clear, because I'm playing a lot of like higher frequency stuff, but I still like to have a little bit of body in there. So it works well for that. Your dad found your amp and my dad just makes all my cabinets. I love it. Yeah, he made so cute. <laughs> he made my like my cabinet with the yellow speakers in it over here to my left. He just made mm-hmm. me a new power cabinet because he's a genius over here to my right. And uh, oh, yeah, it's I love it. <laughs> it's cool. My dad has made me four cabinets, <laughs> two bass cabinets, two guitar cabinets. That's awesome. <laughs> that it, is awesome. You're just making a box, you know. It's not too too hard to like put together, but he uh, still like Tolexes it and puts corners on it and looks great. <laughs> that's my secret to my great tone. Right. That's so cute that like he cares, like he cares about it. It's adorable. I love it. <laughs> oh, he doesn't even play guitar. He just likes to build stuff. Um, yes. Even better. Taking a like total, and you cannot want to talk about this if you want to, but I've seen that you're like, all into working out now on Instagram. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I just like have been so focused on like other endeavors over the last few years that I like really was not prioritizing my health at all. Like, I mean, I literally like never exercise. My diet has been horrible. Um, and Honestly, it like started really taking a toll on me and like relating it back to music, like touring is not easy when like you're super out of shape and like unhealthy. And like I was developing other health problems from like just not caring about my body at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I recently started working with a, an old friend of mine who's become a, a fitness trainer and um, I've been working with him for about three weeks, but it's like life changing already. I feel so much better. Um, I mean, physically and mentally, I feel way more productive, like, you know, getting up and like exercising and getting my body ready for the day and then like putting healthy foods 
in into my body like just yeah it, it's crazy <laughs> what taking care of yourself can do for you it's insane yeah. um if but yeah like also i a big part of it you know go go ahead mario oh no i don't want to interrupt you yeah keep going you're keep doing going. <laughs> i love it there's like a no. <laughs> there's like a there's like a lag so okay. i when you pause i talk but then you so it's like this weird lag that's happening i'm not trying to interrupt you like every five minutes but yeah Oh, you're totally fine. Yeah, sorry. I know the Zoom lag is like the most annoying thing ever. But um, yeah, and like I was trying to look down the road at like how much touring we'd be doing, like, you know, what I'm going to be putting my body through and, and I want to be ready for that. I mean, it's just not it's not it's not only touring and stuff, but um, that was a big motivator for it. So, yeah, I'm hoping to come back strong and healthy uh next year (laughs) there's a lot of talk amongst like musicians and just sort of like it's becoming a very popular conversation to talk about like mental health and that is super important but nobody ever talks about like if you take care of your body that's another thing that helps your mental well-being and uh yeah yeah yep i i've you know, definitely had my fair share of, of struggle with my mental health. And, um, it, it definitely doesn't help me to, you know, just sit back and, and let it happen. I mean, there are definitely things that I feel like are out of my control sometimes. I'm sure that happens to a lot of people, but, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I was always the type of person that was like, you know, it's a thing up here. Like it has nothing to do with, you know, what I'm doing physically or, you know, working out's not going to help me, but like it really, really has, at least for me personally, like it, it's been huge. Just like getting up and starting my day, like doing something for like just me makes me feel good. I don't know. <laughs> you said there's a lot of things that are not in your control. Nothing's in your control but your body is in your control, right? You can like do a little something about it every yeah. day and like make yourself feel. Yes, exactly. Better. Yeah. That's funny. I love that shit. Yeah, I agree. Um, you also said like being on tour is not healthy because it's just like so much travel and eating whatever you get. I like that you're like, I'm going to get healthy because I'm going to be the best musician I can be. And that's, that's great. <laughs> I, I am always visualizing where I'm going to be in a year, you know, like, um, I just don't function very well if I don't have like a goal like that to work toward. Um, so like, you know, a year from now, well, COVID permitting, I want to be traveling and, you know, like working my butt off, lugging gear and stuff every day. And that's really, really tiring. Um, so yeah, I just want to be like my, the best version of myself, like physically and mentally to prepare for that. Cause being on the road is, is not easy. And if you're not like a hundred percent going into it, it, it can be really difficult. And that's like speaking from doing like a week and a half long tours when we're going out for like five or six weeks, that's 
you know, I got to be ready. So, yeah. Dude, I could be the strongest motherfucker on the planet and I still wouldn't want to lug around a, a tube amp. <laughs> I would, I would be like, it, no, I'm going to get a solid state. Tiny little, yeah. I could be Mr. Olympia and be like, mm, I might go to wrecked. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hate carrying gear. Oh my God. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's, this is how like weird I am. But sometimes when I carry gear, I'm just like, what am I doing to my hands? Like my precious guitar hands. Yes. Oh, sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's like also like a little bit of like anti-jock culture in music where people don't want like working out. I don't know. Maybe that's. This is what I was going to say before. I feel like there's a big like stigma yeah. weirdly with like being physically active and healthy is like, if you're doing that, it's like, Oh, that's not cool. You're supposed to be like, unhealthy yeah. and kind of hate yourself if you're a musician yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i'm trying not to hate myself so this is why i'm doing this <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah i don't know i'm i i hate working out i hate it so much but i've just decided that like i have to do it um yeah like i don't know I've just taken a, a real decline over the last like year and a half. So I'm like, I don't have another option at this point. I love, I fucking hate working out. And I do think that the, like, it's that's sort horrible. of totally okay to say in like working out people culture to be like, this fucking sucks and I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right. There is like a weird literally, literally every day at the gym. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> as long as you like, can just be like, I fucking hate this, but I do feel better. But I do like it a little bit in the back of my mind. Maybe you'll be fine. Like everybody, everybody fucking hates that shit. Um. Yep. Exactly where I'm at. <laughs> do you also think about? like taking care of your mind now? Like, are you into meditation or any of that shit? Um, I don't meditate, um, really at all anymore. Um, for real, when I was in college, uh, yoga was like a big part of my life. Um, I was extremely stressed out at that point. And, um, it, it actually, took it as a class <laughs> and then got like just obsessed with like having that hour, you know, of like peace of mind and, and not having to think about homework and band stuff and all of that. Um, I think it is hugely beneficial. Um, but now for me, like just, just staying productive, working on stuff for the band or like being at my job. Like I, I, thankfully have a job that I really like um, just like staying busy and working on stuff that I care about, like keeps me in, in a pretty good state, but I definitely have days where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. And, and those are the days that like my mental health takes a, a poop. It's, <laughs> those are not great days. <laughs> I had that today. I did not want to get up. I was in bed. My dog was in bed. 
I was like, I'm not fucking moving for anybody. <laughs> then my wife was like, there's coffee. And I was like, yeah. all right, I'll get up. I'll get up. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Working out fucking sucks. <laughs> um, it really does. <laughs> but thank you for talking about that. I, I don't know. I like, I want to be positive with working out and all that stuff. Um, a couple of years ago, I took like a few weeks of my life to like try to get in as good a shape as I could possibly get and eat really well. And I don't think I've ever been a less, like a meaner, worse person. I was a fucking asshole. <laughs> I, um, oh, my, why, why do you think? I, I know I was in it. I know I was just like, okay. Oh, you know what? Okay. I'll tell you the story. So at the time, my kickboxing coach was getting ready for a fight and he was like, you should see how much you want to do this shit. And you should like put yourself through a little mini camp, eat right, work out all the time, see how good a shape you can be. And I was like, fuck it, I'll try it. And then one day at work, some, I was working at a coffee shop and some guy was fucking screaming at my face, like really inappropriate, way over the line. And you know when somebody's like at 10 and you're at two because it doesn't, like, you could just see that this is crazy. You're not going to raise yourself to this level. He was at 10, and I was thinking, I might actually jump across this counter, lose this job, and fight this guy. <laughs> <laughs> just to do it. And then I remember just, you know, telling him to get out. And then, then he was screaming about, like, he ordered over the phone. I was like, nobody called here. You didn't place an order here over the phone. Stop it. And then the, the person who came up right after him was like, yeah, I put an order in over the phone. And I was like, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my buddy's fight fell through. And he told me, one, like, after, like, a few weeks of this, he was like, yeah, my fight in two weeks isn't happening. I went home and ate a pizza. Like, I just was like, fuck it. I was like, I binged. <laughs> yeah. I went bananas. Um, on, a, on a better note, one time I was at that same gym and this, uh, this like high school kid, Mike, who used to just hang out with us, was uh, talking to me. And that same, that same coach was making weight for his fight. And he had to weigh 170 something. And he steps on the scale and he's 182. At that kid, Mike, steps on the scale, and he looks down at it, and he goes, I haven't weighed myself since I started coming here, but I've lost 50 pounds. And we were Whoa. like, <laughs> all three of us almost started crying. <laughs> <laughs> it was like <laughs> three dudes who would just, like, punch each other in the heads were just, like, getting off emotional, like, wow, dude, that's so good. So happy for you. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, Mick, so it's, it's, it's been about an hour. Um, let everybody know where you, you can be found, the ads and such, please. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can find just me on my Instagram at Mikula, M-I-C-U-L-A-A, 
or listen to my solo music at mcmartinez.bandcamp.com. Or you can listen to my actual band, which is Snarls, at Snarls Band on all social media or snarlsmusic.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, thank you, guys. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. I really appreciate you doing this. Aww. It's a lot of fun, especially in these weird times. It's good to catch up with people.